Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for booking your flight through Study Abroad Airlines. My name is Brittany, and I will be your Study Abroad Advisor. Your phone should be set on podcast mode. Please sit back and enjoy your flight. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Stan State Study Abroad podcast titled Warriors Abroad. I am your host, Clarissa Gutierrez, and I'm one of the Study Abroad ambassadors here on campus. Today's guest has recently returned from her study abroad experience in South Africa. Their program is unique because it offers many cultural classes that are great for sociology majors, which also fulfilled course credit requirements. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, everybody. Um, My name is Lena. And as Clarissa said, I just came back from studying in South Africa. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's dive into the questions. How did you hear about your study abroad opportunity? So I had actually seen advertising, um, like posters all around campus, especially in like Bazzini Hall, where it gets promoted a lot. Um, And one day I just was laying in bed and suddenly was like, I'm just going to look into it. Went on the website, um, scheduled like a one-on-one meeting and got more information about it. And that kind of set my course for going abroad. So it was like a last minute decision. Yeah, actually, it was very last minute and it all worked out. So it was really good. That's awesome. It was kind of spontaneous for you to go. Yes. So what was the program you went with like? How was it set up? Did you travel as a group? Did you have a lot of independence? Actually pretty independent. Um, From the moment I kind of figured out that I was going there, they did offer like group flights if you wanted to do group flights. But I actually just ended up going um, by myself. And once we got there, they did have... um, two like activities for all the internationals to get to know each other so like one of them was a hike and then the other one was a hangout and that's kind of how it went and then aside from that everything else was pretty independent so traveling on the weekends was independent and yeah just like a lot of people would make friends and go with those groups of friends so it was pretty independent I would say um for those two activities was there like a good turnout of students who went? Oh, probably almost like I would say 90% of the international students went. And they also provided like shuttle services to like the hike and stuff like that. So that was like really cool. And it was easy to get to know other people like on the bus. That's a good starting point to make yeah. friends and everything. Definitely. Um, so how was your housing experience? What was that like? So I actually stayed on um, off-campus housing, which was more of like an apartment. And we actually had two buildings. One of them was more um, roommates. And the one I was staying in was just one roommate on your finances as well, like what you want to choose. But um, we were mixed with locals and international students and it was a hangout spot. So like downstairs, they had like a lounge and then upstairs, they also had like a rooftop lounge um, and they like, always had events for us to get to know each other more. They had like game nights, they had like workshops, health workshops, like yoga. And yeah, it was really cool. So it was very easy to like make friends within the building and you kind of always saw the same people. So everyone kind of got to know each other like that. It was really cool. And you liked having one roommate. You don't regret having multiple. Um, I actually really liked having one roommate. I would definitely say it depends on your personality. Mm-hmm. Um, people who stayed at the other one had five to 10 roommates. And for me personally, I I just prefer to have one roommate. Um, it's just a lot easier to get to know someone on a deeper level. And something that a lot of um, the internationals that stayed in my building was that um, it felt a lot more familial, like you actually had a family versus the other building would um, say it was more like friend type and it was harder to get to know people on a personal level. Mm-hmm. So in our building, it was definitely easier to make deeper connections and feel more like a family. So, yeah, I definitely don't regret picking um, just the one roommate building. 
That makes sense. Those are big differences in the buildings. Yeah, definitely. So if you're, you have different interests. Yeah. Especially if you're um, like a quieter person, Mm -hmm. I would say like, I would say our building had a lot more um, like people who liked hiking and like reading Mm -hmm. and like things like that. And the other building was, it had a lot more noise. So if you're someone who like wants to sleep and like, was there a survey for your interests? Like they do the dorms here. Yeah. So they actually did have a um, survey where you pick like, you know, do you want clean roommates? Do you mind if they have guests? Like, do you want, um, are you a night owl or a morning person? And mm-hmm. they, they try their best to match you with the type of people you pick. So okay. that's good then. Well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you want to be able to be comfortable and yeah, after sure. a day of traveling there. Yeah. yeah. So how is it navigating the local languages? Did you learn any phrases or local slang? Yeah. So actually in South Africa, there is, I believe 12 dialects, um, and I don't know if they're dialects or languages, but within the people who live there already, like the natives, even they don't understand other languages mm-hmm. because there's just so many. And um, there's some that kind of overlap and you kind of understand. Um, well, not like us as like Americans, but for the locals, like there mm-hmm. is some languages that um, they just understand each other. Mm-hmm. But as um, obviously as foreigners, you definitely don't understand it at all because they're languages that we don't hear in the states at all Mm -hmm. um so that was very different and I think like when it comes to English as well they speak they speak uh, more of a British English Mm -hmm. so it is a little different but it's still very understandable and it's the main language anyway Mm -hmm. so language wise it wasn't too hard to um navigate um they do have a lot of slang that I actually picked up and you it's funny because you find yourself using it even Mm -hmm. though you don't think you're gonna like use it yeah so there's like saying like, um, I'm keen to go, which just means like, oh yeah, I'm down to go. Like mm-hmm. I want to go, you know, mm-hmm. or, um, instead of saying like, oh, how are you? A lot of people just say, how's it? Um, which is literally how is it, but it's mm-hmm. just with a Z yeah. and yeah, I mean, they say lecker, like if something's super cool, it's like, oh, that's so lecker. And mm-hmm. yeah, you just like pick it up too. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely the language is different for sure. When it comes, cause you say there was like 12 languages. Mm-hmm um for all the signs and stuff like that were they in the multiple languages like the most common ones or like how they do that yeah so actually um they are always in English but underneath um one of the most common languages there is Afrikaans Mm -hmm. and it it's almost like a Dutch language but it's not fully Dutch you know Mm -hmm. and um that's very common uh language in that area in South Africa specifically um, and a lot of the signs do have it translated into Afrikaans. So I definitely don't understand it at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, they do have the signs in multiple languages. Okay, then. Um, so how was the local cuisine there? How'd you like the food? I can't think of a specific dish that was like very, I guess, like specific to South Africa. Cause, mm-hmm. um, I would say that they eat a lot of meat mm-hmm. and like, I guess something that would be like local to South Africa is like all the different types of meats because they serve ostrich they serve kudu they serve um like obviously beef and stuff like that but one of the main I would say snacks that is like there is called biltong and it's essentially just like a beef jerky mm-hmm. but they have it in all like different types of meat types uh, if that makes sense okay. um and I actually looked into that and I think you can't bring that back to the U.S. So it's interesting to uh, see that because it's like dried meat. Uh, um, so yeah, but it's really good. And mm. it almost like the flavor, it depends what you eat. But like, I feel like ostrich has a very similar taste to like 
beef in my personal opinion oh. yeah so it's just interesting to taste all the different types of jerkies I would call it mm-hmm. you know so, yeah and the city you were living in was that by the coast so was there a lot of seafood or were you more inland okay yeah I was definitely by the coast um and they do have a lot of seafood one of the main fish that they serve there is called hake um and it's really good it's really really good and we ate a lot of mussels and shrimp there so mm-hmm. I would say their mussels are so so good like that was something I would eat all the time like all the time but yeah, definitely seafood is very like prominent in that area because it's right on the coastline. Like my apartment was literally right across the street from the beach. So mm. it was really nice. So it was definitely fresh. You could taste oh, it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Other than the food, how is it adapting to the local environment and the culture? So honestly, it, it's actually like super, super westernized. Um, there was a lot of like local chains that we would find here like Mm -hmm. in the states like mcdonald's burger king um what else kfc for example Mm -hmm. like those are three i would say that are very common to find there um as for the environment uh it's i would say it's pretty safe i never felt like unsafe there Mm -hmm. um but they really just emphasize like always being in groups being with partners you know because obviously it's a different country and i think no matter where you go you're always going to have that like sense of being safer than normal because you don't know your surroundings. Um, But where our university was and where we were living, it was um, considered one of the more protected areas. So I always felt safe, like walking around. And um, the culture itself, like I said, because there's 12 different languages, there's literally like so many cultures, like, Mm -hmm. and everyone like dresses different. Like, um, I mean, for the most part, obviously the style is very Western as well. Mm-hmm. But when you do see like the traditional local people, they you can definitely tell who's from what group. Not that mm-hmm. you can identify them because we mm-hmm. don't obviously learn that about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you definitely start picking up on like which group belongs to what or, you know, stuff like that. And honestly, the people are so kind. Like people were really friendly there. Um, I never had issues with like people being rude. The only difference is like Americans smile a lot at people and that's something that would make you like stick out as an American, you know, because mm-hmm. they don't smile at people. But overall, like um, the culture in a sense of like grocery stores too, like customer service is very different. Mm-hmm. It's not like super like peppy, like the way it is here. It's very just like, oh, we're just trying to get our job done. And like, Was the restaurant culture similar to that? Um, Yeah. So like restaurant culture is pretty similar to the U.S. Um, you can tip, um, you know, if you want. It's not expected. Um, the only thing I would say is like with restaurant culture, they see it more as a, like a leisure type of thing where if you're going to go to a restaurant, they're expecting you to be there for like three hours. It's not just like a one hour thing. We're just going to go like talk for an hour. Like they take their time, like getting your order. They take your time serving you because they assume that you're there to hang out and talk and um, just have a really long hang out with your friends. So we would literally be in restaurants for like up to three hours. So if we went to dinner, we'd literally make the plan from like seven and we would be home by like 11 p.m. Are you ordering more food where it's like you're having appetizer, the meal and a dessert, or is it just you're talking and taking time eating your food and like socializing even when you're done? So um, something that was very popular that I noticed personally were um, like smoothies Mm -hmm. um, before like meals. So like a lot of people would get smoothies and then that would be kind of like an appetizer, although they did have appetizers. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you would like say like have that and then you would like eat your main meal and then mm-hmm. dessert. Like dessert's like super popular too. Like you're always having dessert after um, dinner. 
So I think like just the process of that takes a long time. And um, at first I remember like, I felt like I was so impatient Mm -hmm. because, you know, here, like in the U S everything's so quick Mm -hmm. and over there it's very like, they take their time, but I almost find it kind of peaceful because it's like, they're just taking their time to like do everything they need to do. And they don't have that rush, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just really nice because you do get to talk a lot more and like just really enjoy yourselves with your friends. And um, that's kind of just what made it really different. Yeah. Yeah. I think when I was in Korea, it was kind of similar too. like, I'm just so used to like America very much trying to get as much money as possible. So they really rush you to finish your meal and get out. Um, when we were in Korea, me and my friends who were all from California, we noticed like there would be people who were there before us and they were like eating, like they were not even done when we'd already like gone our food, ate it so quickly and we're like ready to get out of there. Yeah. So I think by the end, we started getting more comfortable taking our time and everything. No, seriously. Because yeah. when we did think, oh, if you're going to take your time, then that's going to be like at the bar or at a cafe mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. where that's more expected. Mm-hmm. Or at a restaurant where like, oh, they would think that's rude if we did that here or you're going to like tip big yeah but over there it's more of a bonding experience when you're eating with them yeah for sure that's something I really grew to appreciate too Mm -hmm. it was just really nice to have that and not feel rushed yeah 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 that is nice and that is much different Mm -hmm. um so what were the courses like that you were taking there did you learn a lot of new things about the culture abroad since you were a sociology major okay so the courses there were very different than our system here in the U.S. So, you know, you guys know our system. I don't have to go into that. Yeah. But um, in South Africa, at least at my university, um, due to COVID, it was a little different. Uh, We weren't really um, on campus. And also, like, the area that I was in um, tends to be, like, in a drought. So there potentially could be water issues, although we really never experienced them. They always just warn us about it. And due to that, um, sometimes they would have like campus closures because they didn't want to waste water on like the university because other um, areas needed it more. So, for example, like when that would happen, um, they kind of just would cancel a, the class um, and move it online. So we would not go in person or they would make it hybrid. And I mean, for most of the classes anyway, they were already online because, like I said, they were still in a COVID kind of system. Um, so nothing was really in person. Um, the one hybrid class I did have, though, only met like once every three weeks in person. And um, the lecture halls were like super big, too. And you could expect at least like over 100 students, you know. Um, but online, it was also like 300 students in one with like student assistants helping the professor. Uh-huh. So it was really different. Mm-hmm. Um, and you wouldn't directly contact the professor, you would contact the student assistants, and then they would try to help you the best they can. Uh-huh. And if for some reason you had that issue, um, you could email the professor. Um, but something that was super different about that too, is that it wasn't just one professor emailing you, all the professors for that course, or not for that course, because it was only one professor per course. Um, what I'm trying for to like say the subject yeah for the okay. subject I would say for like so all these sociology teachers mm-hmm. or professors would be on the same email chain and oh. all their students would be on it too so it was like a huge like amount okay. of people and that's why they couldn't respond to you directly and why you had to reach out to your um, student representatives oh. and that was super different mm-hmm. um, because obviously here you email and professor Mm -hmm. they get back to you really quickly mm-hmm. and aside from that too the courses weren't that long like I think I had really short classes sometimes, like 30-minute classes. Um, and other times I had like two-hour classes. And with South African, I wouldn't, well, at least at my university, I should say Nelson Mandela University specifically, mm-hmm. they had a lot of um flexibility. Uh, uh if some students could not make it, mm-hmm. they would ask the class 
do you guys mind if we push the class from 10.30 to 11 p.m. for the rest of the semester? And if the majority of the class voted that, then classes would start at 11 instead of 10.30 now. Mm -hmm. And I found that really interesting because I felt like it helped a lot of students. Mm -hmm. A lot of students over there didn't have access to like transport Mm -hmm. themselves, so they would use public transport. Mm -hmm. And due to that, they would move the classes for them and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, Um, which I thought was like super helpful for those who needed it. Mm -hmm. And um, a huge difference from our system is that we only had two major assessments. So we had no homework. Um, we only had like like two big assignments. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what an assessment is over there. Yeah. Not a test because that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, and one of them would be like due, I would say maybe like before the first break, which is in September, because we started our semester in July. Um, and in September, we had a one week break. That was when your first assessment was due. And then your last assessment was due on the um second half of your like semester or whatever and aside from that too if you failed or you didn't do as best as you know or as good as you wanted to you automatically have a second retake the only thing is with CSUIP which is the program that I studied abroad with um for California students we didn't have the option for the second retake so because they expect you to like do well you know Uh so I would definitely say if you're going to go there, do well. Mm-hmm. CSUIP does not yeah. let you do retakes. Um, but that was something that was super different because I was used to having homework like every day yeah. here in the States, you know? Yeah. So there was definitely time for you to go out and explore at night, not just oh, dedicate yeah. yourself to homework. 100%. Okay, that's yeah. nice. Do you, do you know by chance, like, if the setup for the university was similar before COVID, just because you say they, like, changed times if someone was able to make it, or they'd move classes online if they had to close the university because of water? Yeah. Because I know Zoom did open a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. for professors. Um, I don't think it was different before COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's always been like that. Um, I think mm-hmm. they just know the circumstances. I think of, like, what the students need, yeah. and they try to, like, help them as much as they can, if that makes sense. I could see how they have that implemented in their system based on what you're saying. And then like the student representatives that they want the students to succeed. No, yeah, for sure. Because they don't have like, um, like buses and stuff like that. They just have like taxis, which are like vans. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of students take that like because they don't have personal cars. Yeah. So um, I would say that, yeah, they just try to accommodate as much as they can to like help students really like succeed in school and stuff like that. So, yeah. That's nice. Um, so do you think this course and program will influence you in your like professional life or academic life? Yeah, I definitely do think that going to South Africa as a sociology major specifically um, is definitely going to improve my chances, I think, for like grad school applications and things like that, which is one of the main reasons that I chose to go to South Africa anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, if you're a sociology major, it's very cultural, very like um, societal. And one of the main things that, you know, I mentioned when I was applying was that I really wanted it to help uh, me get a better like understanding of different cultures and um, just having that cultural diversity to understand different backgrounds and in a different sense of, you know, the U.S. Um, Because here, like I can be used to, you know, like um, American culture, like Mexican culture, because I'm Mexican, you know, Mm -hmm. and out there, you know, I didn't meet one Mexican person and Mm -hmm. I was really putting myself in a spot where like I had to like get to know you know all of that Mm -hmm. and I would say that that's definitely gonna um influence my career choices and I think it already has like since I've been back I think like experiencing that has definitely already influenced the type of decisions I want to go with in terms of my career Mm -hmm. as a sociology major so Mm -hmm. it definitely did influence me for sure yeah I think that's really useful for your major because 
the U.S. and specifically like California is very diverse and we think we're exposed to a lot. Mm -hmm. But then when you travel outside of the country, you're reminded by how big the world is and how much more there is left to explore. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a reality check. Yeah. Definitely a reality check. That's really great. So now like the big questions, the more general ones, what was your favorite part of the trip? Like it can be anything, the food, people, a specific memory. Oh, it's so hard. There's like so many good moments when you study abroad. Like it's almost so hard to like pick one specific thing. Mm-hmm. But I think like just the friendships, honestly, that I made while I was abroad, like everybody's experiencing the same thing from different places. And like, I would say some of my closest, closest friends aren't even from the US. Like, you know, they're from and other countries. And I would say the friendships are just like almost things that I never thought I would even experience mm-hmm. like I never even thought I'd have friends across the world and now it's like I have those friendships laying around and you know mm-hmm. I think that's literally like one of my favorite things yeah I don't really have <laughs> it's just so hard to pick no no that's a good thing I think I definitely made some friendships that I'm gonna remember forever and I want to keep in touch yes. with forever um so what was the most difficult part again it's like pretty broad but honestly I think the most difficult thing about studying abroad are the first few weeks that you get there Mm -hmm. because it is so hard to like figure out the structures of like you know for me like for me for example I think like the hardest thing literally was figuring out the structure of what is expected in terms of like writing Mm -hmm. like papers or like um figuring out like the system the Uh, way they grade like mm -hmm. the way even though they do go over obviously in your orientation and things like that but like once you're in the class I feel like it's just very hard to like you know, like know what they expect in a paper because Mm -hmm. their expectations are very different than here, you know? Yes. And like, for example, here, I I considered myself a strong writer. And when I was in South Africa, I remember like one of my first papers was like, not, it wasn't bad, but it was just like not a grade that I would normally get. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, what the heck? Like, what are they expecting? You know, Mm -hmm. but they just have different expectations. And I think just like figuring out what that is, is very hard. Yeah. So I would say just like learning the educational system, like learning how to like, navigate like the world kind of Mm -hmm. um for example like we didn't have public transport Mm -hmm. um so we ended up like getting a rental and like just before we had a rental we were like ubering everywhere and Mm -hmm. like that was hard you know because we weren't familiar with areas yes yeah once we started driving it just got so much easier so I would say those are some of the more like difficult things of being in South Africa Mm -hmm. I would say that makes sense and then it's good that both of those issues you're able to like adapt and find a solution and just Mm -hmm. like be patient and be able to overcome it you know yeah I think too with when it comes to that stuff too like that's part of the study abroad experience you know you're having to figure out Mm -hmm. like how to deal with hard moments Mm -hmm. especially in the beginning like you obviously don't know that many people you're still making those connections figuring out like who your friends are and stuff like that and yeah it just can get really overwhelming but just know that it'll get better Mm -hmm. and you really do adapt and it's crazy once you adapt it's like oh what was I worried about yeah and like wow I'm capable of this yeah, like I could do anything yeah literally. yeah right um how long was your program you said it was kind of shorter right yeah so um my program was four months uh, okay. um it started in July like towards the end like July 20th and it ended around um November 20th so it was like four months mm-hmm. do you wish it was longer or shorter yeah sometimes I wish it was longer because I know there was people who were there for the academic year mm-hmm. and sometimes I'm like oh maybe I should have done the academic year mm-hmm. but also like it was you know my first time studying abroad and I yeah didn't want to overcommit to something yeah um because you know obviously you get homesick and mm-hmm. things like that and then once you get past your homesickness you're like oh I could do this forever you know mm-hmm. but 
yeah it could, I mean like sometimes I'm like dang I wish I like could go back and like mm-hmm. never leave you know and then I remember mm-hmm. when I was coming up time to leave I was like oh, I don't want to leave yeah so yeah I mean yeah I thought it was like kind of a sweet spot of the length and then also because I was there for some semester mm-hmm. and a lot of other students were there for a semester but there were some students there for a year mm-hmm. and they were all sad to see like their semester friends leaving oh, yeah so it's like even those students have to adapt to making new friends when the new students coming in and like missing the ones they just made, you know? Yeah. So and you know, something about like being there for a semester is so weird because I feel like you start hitting that like three month, four month mark and you start feeling like, okay, I'm I'm like comfortable now. Mm-hmm. Like I know yes. where everything is, like I have friends, like yeah. I know where to go, like how to hang out, you know. And then it's like you're leaving again. Yeah. And then now you're coming home and you have to readjust again. You have again. to readjust again. Yeah. Like reverse culture shock, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So it is a, a change for sure. Yeah. If you could redo or change the program, what would you do differently? Oh, honestly, I'm like those people who I'm like, I want to change anything, you know, <laughs> because I feel like everything happened the way it's supposed for to happen. Reason. Oh, okay. Um, I think like part of me just wishes I would have got a rental car sooner uh, because like I didn't have a rental car until like the last two months and like the first two months uh, my friend had one mm-hmm. so I was with her but I felt like as soon as I got rental car I felt like I was able to do a lot more things I wanted to do mm-hmm. so I was much more of a hiker and like you know wanted to go like hiking every weekend and literally as soon as I got a car I was like hitting up my friends and I was like hey let's go hike here let's yeah. go to this new trail like let's mm-hmm. do this and that and like South Africa is so like beautiful, like in terms of nature. So like, if you're a nature person, highly recommend, like I literally went kayaking, like surfing, you know, all the outdoorsy things you could think of, like, or even if you just want to try it one time, like go for it, you know, like rock climbing, all of that. Like I wouldn't have done it. I don't think like anywhere else, you know? Or, like, yeah. Yeah. So no, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I was doing with that. No, no. <laughs> I think the nature part of like the country is such a thing you need to see and everything. Yeah. Because it's just different elsewhere. It's different. Mm-hmm. The air is different. It's not just yeah. it's different. Yeah. That's so true. There's this one highway called Route 62. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's incredible. Really? Like, that's one thing I wish I could re-see for the first time again. I don't think anything will be like Aww. the first time I saw that. So anyway. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Crazy. So would you do it again? <laughs> oh, yeah. Do yeah, you yeah. recommend <laughs> studying abroad? Uh, yeah, I would do it again in a heartbeat. I recommend it to anyone who even has the slightest itch of like mm-hmm. what it could be like. Like I literally used to be like, dude, that could never be me, mm-hmm. you know? And like one day one thing led to another and it was like last minute and it was so spontaneous. Mm-hmm. And like it just turned out to be like the best, I think, decision like I've ever made in my entire life. Like you learn so much about yourself. Mm-hmm like what you want, like your friends, like what you want from like your friendships, your family, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I guess like being away also just like helps you appreciate things a lot more. That's true. Like what you have at home and like, I don't know. There's just so many great aspects of studying abroad. Mm -hmm. Like I would literally, if I could just like Mm -hmm. shake someone into going, like (laughs) go, like go, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I cannot stress enough how much I think people should study abroad even if they don't want to do a full semester they can do like a winter or summer session yeah or not even studying abroad just traveling I think that's beneficial Mm -hmm. but I do think being there as a student does help like this is college we're learning and like yeah you're learning in a course but you're also just like your everyday life you're living in another country you're learning so much about the world oh my gosh yes and like you mentioned earlier or how you said you like you know travel out to like another country and suddenly you're like whoa it's like you know more mm-hmm. out there than like just the U.S. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's one of the like most important things because I used to be those people who I thought was like so open like I was like oh I'm so open already you know mm-hmm. and then I traveled 
abroad and I was like holy you know wow like I really I'm like (laughs) more open now you know like you just see so many more things and like now you're like okay there's way more out there and Mm -hmm. now I'm like I have like this itch of like what else is out there yes like everywhere else you know so yeah yeah. anyway I just feel like there's so much out there to learn Mm -hmm. and see and like you can never stop learning Mm -hmm. like and it's not even like you can't limit it like it's food languages like nature animals fruit like so much people relationships relationships, how they treat others they want in life jobs there's so much you can see from other countries that you're like oh we don't have that back home yeah seriously it's like never ending Mm -hmm. yeah it really is (laughs) you're just constantly learning literally um so is there anything else you want to add or share that we haven't already covered anything or like any last advice um I would definitely say that I like this is kind of cheesy, but I got this motto that I like started to live by when I was in South Africa. And I just started saying to myself, like, do everything scared because you're always going to be scared to like meet new people, go somewhere you don't know, mm-hmm. like do things out of your comfort zone, you know, like you're always going to be scared, mm-hmm. but you just have to do it scared. And like, what I mean by that is like, literally, I just did so many things that I was scared of doing before, like even just putting myself out there, you know, and it just, completely like changed my life like it sounds so I know like typical you know people say this all the time but seriously it just really like opens your eyes to like Mm -hmm. what is out in the world and I just can't emphasize it enough like if you're thinking about it just go do it seriously just go do it as long obviously as it's safe and whatever like just do it if you're capable then do it (laughs) yeah seriously Okay. So thank you so much for taking out of time of your busy schedule to join us and for letting us share your experience. It was really unique because we don't have a lot of students who go to South Africa. So it was nice hearing what you had to say. I hope listeners who are planning to study abroad or people who love to travel learn something new today and are inspired to travel. If you're interested in learning more about how to study abroad at Stan State, please go to our website at eie.csustan.edu forward slash study abroad or feel free to e- email us at study underscore abroad at csustan.edu. Hope you all have a great day. Thank you for flying with Study Abroad Airlines. We hope you enjoyed your flight. If you have a connecting flight, you can find them at eie.csustan.edu slash study abroad or email us at study underscore abroad at csustan.edu.